0: It's time now for the complete story of public news and information feature of BOT Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich BOT with today's complete story.
1: You know, Rich, the thing that never stops is time. Time moves forward regardless of the events and whatever else is happening, you never stop time,
0: do you? That's true and isn't it interesting that god exists beyond time
1: we're going to be talking a little bit about that today but i think we need to make a point that if you know the lord jesus folks listen to me now if you know the lord jesus you can trust him and you can put your faith in him and through the valleys or through the mountaintops it matters not God is in charge, and your hope and trust is in Him. Now, if that doesn't lift your spirits, I don't know what possibly could. Uh, listen to what Carol Robertson says. In my
2: life, I've been blessed And honestly, I must confess I have so much more than I deserve A wife whose love is sweet and pure Friends and family, that's for sure Most of all, Jesus in my heart I'm a happy man I'm a happy man Jesus is the reason why I can smile and say I'm a happy man I'm born again again. I have everything I need And it's not hard for me To be a happy man Like a child who has no cares There's no place that can compare I'm safe Within my Savior's hand He takes all my fear away And life grows sweeter every day Knowing that my joy will never end I'm a happy man I'm a happy man is the Born again, born again, I have everything I need, and it's not hard for me to be a happy man. I'm a happy man, I'm a happy man.
1: (laughs) Well, you see, folks, now it goes beyond that, doesn't it? Because the Lord said... If you really love me and let me be the leader of your life, uh, then love each other. Love each other as yourself. That's the big problem we have, isn't it, Rich? That's true. You think of the racial problems in the past and history and everything else. If you just read the Bible and believe it, in spite of the culture, in spite of the circumstances around you, that's the commandment, to love others as yourself. To show, of course, if you really love me, that's what the Lord said. Now, David Barton and the wall builders. Rich, do you remember when the wall builders first started? David Barton first started to surface and everything. That's years ago, isn't
0: it? Many, many years ago. He came to our attention and we've loved him ever since.
1: And we started carrying his radio material immediately. Mm-hmm. That's a long time ago. David right. and his wife, is his wife's name Cheryl, I think? Yes. And now they have a son who's grown and on the broadcast. But David Barton is a Christian, first of all, and a really gifted historian. He has a knack for history, accurate history, in the same way that some people have a knack for music or art or inventiveness or any other thing. That was David Barton's gift. Now, he has said a few words I'm going to use here on the broadcast about the Bible. And he... He says the Bible speaks to every issue of life. Listen, folks, lots of times preachers will say, I don't talk about that because that's political. Well, let me tell you, that's really baloney because all of life, the Bible instructs us, and we just get off the track when we forget that. Now, here's what David Barton said about the Bible speaking to the issues of life.
3: You know, we're told in 1 Thessalonians that you can believe a lie and be damned. In other words, if you believe bad well, information, you get the result of it. Mm-hmm. And Empire State Building. I can believe a lie that if I jump off, I will go up rather than down. I will die when I hit the ground. Mm-hmm. So if you believe the wrong stuff and you implement it, you're gonna get wrong results. And what's happened is the church has redefined itself generally over the last 40 to 50 years. And what it, let me see if I can put it this way. Let's start the church, then we'll go to millennials. If you take right now in America, there are 384,000 churches and senior pastors in America. So 384,000. So if you take that church list, working with the national pollster, calling five to 600 churches every day for months, ask them six simple questions. Question one, is the Bible accurate in its teachings? Question two, did Jesus live a sinless life? Question three, does God get involved in the world today? If you pray, will he answer prayer? Question four, can you earn your way to heaven or is it a gift of grace? So six simple questions, really really simple. 72% of pastors said they did not agree with those six simple questions. So you have 72% of pastors say, I don't agree with the basic teachings of the Bible. I don't, I don't think it's right. Well, we can look at the 72% or we can say, well, that does leave us 28% and that's that's, 100,000 churches in America, we can do something with that, 100,000 churches. So then we take those 100,000, we call them theologically conservative. They believe the Bible. We then get into that group and say, okay, you guys, do you, do you believe the Bible? And again, polling five to 600 every day. Do you believe the Bible addresses every issue of life? And yes, and, and so give them 14 categories. Does the Bible address education? Does it address sexuality and marriage? Does it address immigration? Does it address life, et cetera? And between 91, depending on the 14 categories, between 91 and 97% of those pastors said yes, the Bible does deal with economics and debt and whatever. Great, next question. Have you talked about any of those issues or will you talk about any of those issues? 90% said no, we will never talk about those issues. They're political mm-hmm. issues. No, 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 you just said they're in the Bible. Yeah, but if they're in the news, that makes them political. Yes. So what we're doing is saying, anything that's in the news that has relevancy, we're not gonna talk about. That's terrible. Why would a millennial wanna go to a church where you mm-hmm. won't talk about anything that's relevant? Yeah. Because, the, I mean, they live in a very relevant world. So at this point, here's the, here's the mind blowing stat. At this point, only 2.8% of churches address issues that are in the news that the Bible also addresses. So 2.8% of churches. Now that's a real problem for a healthy America.
1: Folks, were you listening to that? You see the responsibility comes to the church. The church was given by God to help the people. Uh, The first creation of God was the family. The church was second to help the people. And third was civil government. Anyway, uh, that that really hit me. Now David Barton of Wall Builders um he also went on to talk about american history if you don't know your history you're bound to repeat it the good the bad the ugly it's all part of the story and certainly we all have things in our history that we regret personally and of course as a nation how did we get in that mess but anyway david barton talks about america's history and if our young people are not learning it in school, they're not learning it in college. For heaven's sake, on what is their life based? Our American history is something that every American should know. Here's what David Barton had to say:
3: There's really so much fun stuff in history. I, I, I mean, behind me, that that flag hanging down—that's that's the third flag from D-Day when we went in on D-Day. I mean, think how many guys lost their life under that banner there. And you know. America used to respect the flag so much. We have some Medal of Honor winner things over here, guys who won the Medal of Honor. You know, there were at least 42 guys who won the Medal of Honor. That's the highest military commendation we give any soldier. 42 guys won that simply because they never let the flag touch the ground. That's how much we respected our flag. 42 guys got the medal. Yeah, one of the guys, the first black guy to get a Medal of Honor was William Carney, the earliest point in uh, in the Civil War he got shot four times, He leading the flag, leading all that troop out front. They were, they were down in, in Louisiana, and he's leading against the Confederates, and, and everybody follows the flag. And that used to be the song, follow the flag, boys. I mean, the, the guy out front doesn't have a gun, and he's the one running straight at the enemy with all the guys. By. got shot four times, never let the flag hit the ground, got the Medal of Honor. That's how much we respected the flag. And and so that flag right there, hanging there on YMS 379 was a ship it was on. I mean, the guys who did so much for that flag, and today we just don't think it's a big deal, and we're not going to respect it. And and we're, no, that goes back to a Supreme Court decision back in the 70s where the US Supreme Court said, oh, it's okay to burn the flag. It doesn't mean that much. We have free speech. No, no, free speech says you can burn the flag. Actually burning the flag, that's not free speech that's behavior and we've always regulated behavior that's what every civil law does if you want to talk about burning the flag talk about it but actually doing it now we don't have any respect for the flag or the country or what it stands for and that's really kind of unfortunate because it's hard to stay a nation when you don't have something to unify around and and, and we used to know exactly what that was as a matter of fact it was a church music director and choir leader who designed that flag so it was not a secular deal like we think of today but you know talking about that Supreme Court decision um, the court does a whole lot of things today that's really not supposed to it's not supposed to make policy the founding fathers were really clear about that matter of fact you'll find that back in their day when a judge tried to make policy they would take the judge off the court through impeachment that just wasn't to be allowed because that's not an elected branch so you don't let the unelected branch make policy well that's all over their writings but we don't study that that today and so we let judges tell us when life begins or how marriage is going to be defined or what your sexuality is or No, Bible's already determined that. People already know that, really simple. But you get a lot of social engineering that goes to the courts now because people that can't win in the legislature take it to the court. So we've been involved in a number of court cases. I've been involved in seven cases of the US Supreme Court, and they all deal with history of some kind. Um, one of the the cases we dealt with history is whether you could even mention the word God at a public school graduation and and, you know I'm standing here surrounded by a bunch of old textbooks but here here's kind of a fun one Uh, this is the first textbook ever printed in American history this was printed in 1690 in Boston and it lasted until 1930 so 240 years we use this as the book from which you learn to read in school now this particular one here when you open it up on the inside It has here New England Primer, Boston, 1777. That's pretty early. And you go back one page and it shows you the hero of the country that time, John Hancock, he's the president of Congress. And and so we have him there. And this is the ABCs and so it starts you out showing you the ABCs you're learning to read letters the alphabet and then it puts letters together to make syllables and then it has what's called words of one syllable and great letters and easy syllables and words of two syllables and words of three syllables and then you get to a rhyming alphabet this little part right now remember this is what we did in public schools for 240 years this rhyming alphabet says a in Adam's fall, we send all. This a picture of Adam even the garden there. B, heaven defined, the Bible mind. It's a guy reading the Bible. C. Christ crucified for sinners die that's the alphabet in public schools it's all it's all these Bible phrases and as you keep going now you get into longer words and you're able to handle different words and and then you get over to the second alphabet. this is the alphabet of lessons for youth that was the rhyming alphabet this alphabet of lessons for youth and you can see the ABCs going down the page here let me read you what we memorized a a wise son makes a glad father but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother Oh, that's Proverbs fifteen sixteen. B, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. That's another version of Proverbs. C, come unto Christ, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He will give you rest. That's Jesus out of Matthew. And, and, and the court's saying, oh, no, you can't mention the word God at schools. The founders wouldn't want that. What's this? John Hancock as a matter of fact you'll find that the founding fathers reprinted this in their states so their kids would have it too because this is what they grew up on in schools and there was nothing secular thinking about that so we get involved in a lot of court cases cases dealing with the Ten Commandments or with religious expression or at football games or whatever and it goes back to our history and we have such a bad view of our own history today that we let judges tell us oh no 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 they've always been secular we're not supposed to be praying at schools really No, you you are if you see history. And see, this is even what's leading to all the stuff with the monuments today. We know nothing about our own history. We think we do. And if you go through university today, you'll know every reason in the world why you should hate America, and why America is such a terrible nation. Because at universities, we cover the bad and the ugly, but never the good. And so we come out of school disliking America, wanting to destroy everything. And if somebody tells us that statue represents something racist, Well, not that we've ever studied that part of history. That's just what my professor told me, so i just repeat it. And the problem is, even if it does represent something racist, you know, it's an interesting thing. If you go through Israel today, you have all these great kings in Israel's history, and you've got bad kings as well. And if you go into Israel, not only do they have monuments to King David, and not only do they have David's palace there in the old Jerusalem, they also have a monument to Absalom. And they have streets named after King Ahab. Are you kidding me? but you see they know their history well enough to say you know what that's a really bad guy don't be like him be like be like David you see we could look at history and teach lessons because we knew our history we can't do that today we can't point at that statue and say you know what that statue reminds us of a time when we had a lot of racism in America and that guy really was a racist but that's a good reminder for us not to be a racist no no no. we got to take it down Do you know? In in, in Germany today, and and certainly, they had real problems with racism. World War II, the extermination of of, of six million Jews and seven million Gentiles, 13 million people of faith wiped out by the Germans. Um, They still have concentration camps set up there. They didn't tear them down. They still have Hitler's bunker. They didn't tear it down. They still have all sorts of SS headquarters and Gestapo places. They use that to teach because you can learn from history. You can learn from the good and the bad and the ugly. And Germany has about that much toleration for neo-Nazis today. Why? Because they know their history. See, in America, we don't know our history. We just respond to platitudes and respond to sound bites. We elect our presidents on one and two word phrases. You know, They're dealing with how many issues, but we elect them on really simple, and, and, and that's the unfortunate part is we don't know our, it's a great example. Thomas Jefferson. They're wanting to tear down statues of Thomas Jefferson because he owned slaves. He sure did, and he's one of the loudest voices in American history about ending slavery. Now we'll never hear that today. There's a reason that for two centuries black civil rights leaders praised Thomas Jefferson for all he did to try to end slavery. All we hear today is he owned slaves. He sure did, but the state of Virginia. By his state law in Virginia, not his state law, the state law in the state where he lived, he was not allowed to free his own slaves. So he worked to end slavery everywhere. He introduced laws to end slavery in Virginia, couldn't get them passed. He introduced the national anti-slavery law in 1784 it fell by one vote we came within one vote of ending slavery in 1784 and Jefferson wrote oh that God would have changed one heart he wanted slavery ended in the whole. he worked in slavery in other nations across the world you'll never hear that about Thomas Jefferson today you'll never hear that black civil rights leaders praised him for all he did to try to end racism and slavery all we get today is Jefferson owned slaves therefore he's a really bad guy you know how ridiculous that is is what if, what if people 50 years from now say, you know, that woman, Abby Johnson, or, or all these others ha- had abortions, therefore they were pro-abortion. No, there's a whole lot of people that lead the pro-life movement now that once had abortions. And we don't say that they're, they're anti-life because they once had an abortion, because God forgives that, takes care of it. If you ask for forgiveness, he does. And you've got so many former abortion clinic owners that now lead pro-life movement today. But 50 years from now, the way we teach history today, we're going to think that anybody that ever had an abortion hated life. And hated protecting unborn kids, even those that fought. And that's the way it is with Thomas Jefferson. So there's so much fun history all around us. That's the kind of things we get involved with. We also have leadership training sessions. And, you know, because kids really don't get much of this today, um, in the summer times, for two weeks at a whack, we bring in up to 50 college kids from 18 to 25 we know what their professors teach them, and, and we know all the negative stuff, and we bring them in and we let them see all the stuff and handle it for themselves. It's it's amazing the change that happens because we show them seven questions that they can use to go back and confront their professors and get the professors pointed in the right direction. It is so much fun to see kids in this generation not being picked off by education, but rather starting to change education in the right direction. So we do a lot in the summer with that. We also do training sessions for history and social studies teachers. Because again, when you come in and get to handle this stuff, it's completely different from what you're told in the textbook. So they get to see that. Now they teach a whole bunch of kids about that, and that helps turn the nation around. We also do pastors conferences in Washington, D.C. Um, we take pastors there to the US Capitol we take them on a spiritual heritage tour of the US Capitol most folks don't have a clue that walking through the Capitol you're walking through what used to be the largest church in America the US Capitol starts back in December of 1800 when Thomas Jefferson is the president of the Senate Theodore Sedgwick is the speaker of the house and they said we have the brand new Capitol let's use the biggest room in the Capitol for church every Sunday And they set up a church service every Sunday in the Capitol. And by the time you get to 1860s, it's the largest church in America. Really, the one at the Capitol? Yeah, that's where the presidents went to church. That's where the senators went to church. That's where the congressmen went to church. And Thomas Jefferson helps up that. I thought Jefferson wanted separation church and state. Now, Jefferson said separation church and state means the government can't stop a religious activity, which is why it's fine to have church inside the US Capitol. And by the way, most people don't know that church service has been resurrected. It now goes on every week at the US Capitol. There's church back in the Capitol again. And so we take pastors to D.C. and let them see this stuff, where it actually happened. And and that's an old building there. And we can show them where John Adams stood and where Thomas Jefferson was. And and here's where Jefferson was when when the first woman preached a sermon to Congress. Dorothy Ripley in 1806, pretty cool discussion that happened there with Jefferson and Dorothy Ripley nobody gets that kind of history so we do pastors conferences in DC uh, we bring in 12 to 15 senators and US congressmen who are strong believers who have a biblical worldview who do the right thing for God let the pastor share from them we never hear about those guys on the news but there's a lot of good guys in DC we also have several hundred state legislators across the nation and once a year we bring them together for a pro-family legislators conference and what we do is we look. We'll we'll monitor up to 100,000 bills every year, every session, and we'll try to determine the 12 to 15 big things that these guys are going to be facing in the next year. We'll get them together and we'll give them a historical look at it, a biblical look at it. Uh, we'll, We'll give them a statistical look at it and try to equip them with what they need to go back in their states and move that the right direction. And it really works well, I mean, just the start of this year. Um, These guys went after protecting religious liberty. We had more than 40 bills passed in the state legislatures, the previous high before this year was only two bills in a state legislature passed. Now we've got over 40. So these guys really do a good job of going back. And again, this is not stuff you hear on the news, but this is the kind of stuff that we do at Wall Builders is we take this stuff and go out and shape the culture and, and affect things because it's really taken us back to who we used to be. It's taken us back to when America really was significant. Uh, it's taking us back to a biblical worldview. And it's helping Christians understand that God's a whole lot bigger than the inside of the four walls of our church every Sunday morning. He does a whole lot of stuff outside the church we're just not aware of.
1: Rich, what do you think of that?
0: Oh, isn't that wonderful? That's why we love David Barton and the ministry mm-hmm. of wall builders, which we have on the air every day here at Bot Radio Network.
1: Now, listen, walk us through some listener comments that we've gotten this past oh,
0: week. Oh, good, good, good. First of all, all right. the listener comment number, the number is 1-800-345-2621. 1 800 345 2621. We'd love to hear from you if you'll just call that number like Renita from Memphis did. My That's name here. is
1: Renita and I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. I've listened to Bob Radio for going on six years now. My mother introduced me to it and my favorite speaker is Adrian Rogers. Since I've been listening to Bob Radio, my life has inspired so much in the ministry. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, dear Anita, you know, I learned a lot from Adrian Rogers also. He was my dear friend. Yes. As he was so many others. What's next,
0: Rich? Hey, Dad, what what was Grandma's first name, your mother? Edith. Well, here's an Edith from Fort Wayne, Indiana.
1: Okay. This is Edith from Fort Wayne, Indiana. We have been listeners since you basically opened up. such a tremendous Bible program you have and Bible preachers. I don't watch TV. I listen to radio, okay? God bless you all.
0: Oh, I love that. What's next? And here's another man. We don't know where he's from.
1: Just want to let you know I appreciate all you guys do. You're letting the Lord work through you, and that's awesome. I thank you just for giving me the opportunity to be able to to hear some more of the Word every day. God bless you. Have a good day.
0: Uh, Now, do we have any from from Nebraska? Well, yeah, yeah, Dad. Here is a lady from Nebraska who says BRN is like family.
1: Hi, I'm calling from Table Rock, Nebraska. And Bot Radio is my family, my support, Richard and Dick Bot. I just love, love, love listening to them and the music they play. And I've been listening to Bot Radio for, oh, my, close to 30 years. My heart is just so overflowed with deepest gratitude. What a ministry. God be with you all. Special, special blessings. Uh, dear lady, dear lady, uh, that really touches my heart. Rich, do you remember when we put the radio station in Fort Wayne f- for the first time so many years ago?
0: Right, that was about 1980. And you know what, dear lady? We think of you as part of our family, too, the BOT Radio
1: Network family. Everybody doesn't listen. We know that.
0: Right. and, and Everybody and doesn't
1: love the Lord. I wish they did. And now
0: we have radio stations all across Nebraska, where she's yeah. from. All right, well, God
1: bless you. And Rich, you better give that phone number.
0: Again. Yes, uh, let us hear from you folks 1 800 345 2621. 800 345 2621.
1: Yeah, and we have enjoyed uh, David Barton talking about America's history. We need to know it, we need to understand it. Or we're bound to repeat it, and a lot of it we don't want to repeat, do we? This is Dick Pod with this chapter of The Complete Story as a public service, and I'll see you later.